0: Hello, this is Rita Chukwike and you're welcome to another episode of the Girl Unplugged podcast. In this space, we have mindful conversations that inspire authentic living. Let's get right to it. Welcome to another episode of The Girl Unplugged. <laughs> How you doing? I'm happy to be on this episode today and I'm grateful to be alive. I'm grateful for joy <laughs> regardless of COVID 19. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Enough of the play, but seriously guys, I'm grateful for joy. Have you ever experienced joy i mean okay have you experienced joy like i do you know one thing i like about joy is that it's determined by what is going on inside rather than what is happening outside of you you know like that positive energy regulating inside of you that can be harnessed you know and you can use it to face whatever challenges you're going to face outside your environment or whatever seems to be a challenge to you and i've come to discover that i experience joy when i pray i'm in constant you know communion in prayer with god and meditating and practicing stillness guys you see this stillness thing i know it's not common to us africans or us nigerians because i never grew up knowing what stillness meant you know but since i started reading and exploring information on self development self-improvement self-care I've come to realize that meditation and practicing stillness has something it does to your mindset. Like, it helps you have clarity and focuses your mind in what is important. Stillness kind of brings you into that place where you see things in the right perspective you know the difference between a half full glass and an empty one guys perspective is everything and i thank god for joy and being able to harness joy through prayer meditation and practicing stillness the thing has really changed my perspective of how i see what is happening around about me and contrary to happiness which we know is also like people mistake happiness for joy but contrary to happiness that is very expressive and bubbling and you know people get to see this this happiness thing because ah you can't keep calm you can't keep quiet but joy is more illuminating hmm, and calm and comes from within anyway no long talk about this joy thing If you haven't experienced joy before, I pray that you do because it's going to really put a lot of things in your life together. Moving on, on today's episode, we have a guest and our guest will be talking on the topic, service over spotlight. And I think this topic is more needed at this time of social media and likes and followership and virtual accolades and validations that has driven a lot of us to anxiety and depression guys i know this because i have been there and constantly like i swing in and out sometimes This seeking validation thing for what we do or weighing the value of what we do on a scale of number of likes and impressions has so eaten deep into the fabric of our genuity. And one thing I've noticed is that it affects the quality of our work as maybe content creators or um, people that are in public service um civil um NGOs you know doing social work you know or driving your own business or entrepreneurial business or something you really are passionate about it affects the quality of the, this work and it often makes us forget our why and that is why my very good friend Adesua <laughs> Who is the CEO of Satire will be talking about her journey in building satire. Satire is a literary organization that champions the cause of readers and writers in helping them tell their stories and making them visible so that they are recognized. As part of the work she has done, she has successfully published an anthology of children authors called united hearts she has also in this covid era brought together some writers who in order to you know keep them busy and try to create a social bond between people in in the midst of all the chaos and was able to come up with an e-anthology also called Enclosed, of which yours truly is part of, and you can download for free on Okada Books. Yes, so she has really done a lot of great work in trying to give voice to the voiceless and you know, empower writers who are not really there yet, you know, they are not really there in the Chimamanda class. So, I will be in the background, taking notes while you listen to her story, which is very uplifting, by the way, and see you at the end of the session as I share my takeaway. Enjoy!
1: Hi there, how are we doing? It's taking me time to finally get to do this, but let's do it. So, um, are we talking about service over spotlight? I feel like this is a very difficult topic especially because it is an issue I've also struggled with at many points in my life, especially in, in um, starting an organisation. So uh, where do I start from? Okay, first I would like to say that um, even as a child, one of the very first things i was always sure of that i wanted to become was to be a writer like if you ask me then what do you want to be i'll just tell you straight up oh i want to be a writer and i owe it to my parents you know having stocked the house with a lot of books i can remember that as at um ss1 there's one there's something i used to do then with a group of friends so we write down the books we've read and we'll be very proud of ourselves at the number so at that time in 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 secondary school one i remember that my list was over a thousand five hundred in fact if not nearing two thousand i read that much and because of the solace I found in reading the opportunity to be able to escape you know to escape to other worlds countries just from wherever I am made me love reading so much and I could read three four books in a day at that time I can't do that now because, you know, work, but even in this time of co- um, COVID, I, I think I read up to two, depending on the level of work I have to do. So, at some point, I also started writing myself, even as a child. So, I would write, comics. oh yeah, I, lo- I know how to draw. Yeah, that's one aspect of me so many people don't know about, I draw well. If i put my mind to, to it i draw so i would draw comics i would and you know you know comics that have those bubbles that have words spoken by the characters yes so i'll do that and share with my classmates and um, you know be happy to get their feedback I wish i really wish then that most of the things i wrote and drew i still i was able to keep them because now i can't even measure my growth because it would have been nice to see where i started from because i wrote so many little books in my exercise books and scrapbooks but yeah so i started then and just told myself I'm going to be a writer. I wanted to I want to be a writer that the whole world will come to know. And so as I kept going, life happened and for some time in the in the university it was like I forgot about writing. But I still wrote. I had a book, a very big diary where I still write some short stories. I don't know where they are still. I'm sure if I dig around I'll find some but what was most discouraging then was nobody had time to read those books everybody was really busy with lectures busy with um you know busy with a whole lot of stuff but i kept writing still then it would be on a diary written with written in ink and all the while i knew that i was lacking a lot of skills i didn't even know what to call them although in literature class, we were able to tackle a few, but well, you know, literature just teaches you about other people's books. It doesn't teach you about reading yours, and writing yours. Yeah. So after university, I picked it up again and continued. Then I got introduced to blogging by a classmate called Ifeanyi, and we used to blog a whole lot then. And then I tried out some series and. You know, just looking back and talking about it now, I really can't pinpoint what exactly I did. But I know I just kept asking questions. So when I meet people who write who I felt I uh, wrote better, I asked questions if I'm if, if I'm if I'm privileged to meet authors I would ask them questions about writing. I remember being mentored by Dikaychukumere I would send him mails. He would, he would, he was gracious enough to um, read through some of them and give me feedback and tell me things I should watch out for. And I, I would go for literary hangouts here and there and all. But something kept nagging me because looking at my own journey, there was really no straightforward go to, like go to this place or. Oh, go to these people they will show you what to do they will show you how to write what you really want to write you know so i was i think i went through all those journeys that all these huddles simply because of the passion i had and there's this thing i do i do not i try not to become overwhelmed by my vision for for any goal i have what i do is I paint it in my head and then I try to just keep it in the recesses of my mind so that it doesn't mean I have forgotten about it, no, what it just means is I have identified a need and I have thought of probable ways to solve it but I've told myself okay perhaps these are the resources I have now to do it or these are the sources I do not have and then I just you know like I don't know what to call it is it like prioritizing or I don't know I just keep it somewhere in my mind but when I see an, opp- an opportunity to make it come alive I take it and that's what I do with all my goals so you will never see me writing stuff anywhere but most of the things I do where um, people tell me I'm spontaneous but I say I, th- I am I, I, I let them know that maybe I'm just thoughtfully spontaneous in the sense that, yes, I've thought of things I want to do, but there are some I may have shelved just waiting for the right moment and when I do it, it looks like I'm just spontaneous, but whatever. So because I didn't um, identify, you know, that go-to, that help save heaven, you know, for writers. And even readers, I see that readers are not acknowledged for the work they do in society. I say that because in every time we're always focused on the writers, we always focus on who is writing what. But we forget that um, without readers, there'll be no writers. And in those days, and even till now, writers are made by the comments and the reviews. And the accolades the readers give you know so what makes a writer win this award or that award is that they they were their their, their, their story or their write-ups were read and people loved it and are either sharing it or referring it to other people to read you know someone has to read and appreciate your work so there's I believe that there is this untapped career path for readers and i'm on the journey of finding out what exactly it is you know so in thinking of all this i said you know what why don't i set up an organization for writers and readers those who know me well know i don't like calling myself the founder simply because i believe it's something god put in my heart and i believe he saw it as a need to so I see him as, as like the main founder while I'm just facilitating. And there has been nothing short of a journey of faith yeah so Sataya was born out of those thoughts and there was no better time for me to start off than on the day I published my first book under satire Africa my first book called the farm which is in the process of being republished as i speak so in the midst of all this i came across other writers who were winning awards um, who are popular i came to 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 know about the ongoing war amongst um, will I call it war or that silent thing going on where it seems like there's this divide between the writers um, who seem to be winning all the awards and the writers who are not out there yet like they're doing their best but maybe they haven't gotten their commission you know that public acclaim that they're looking for so, sort I of I got entangled in it. So, at some point, most of my writings were motivated by the competition. So, so, so all the stories in the book, the farm, were written as submissions to competitions. I never won. Yeah, I never won those competitions. I'm not ashamed to say it, but but at the end of the day, they. Be- they, they led to me writing a book because I put them together and that's what it is right now. And there's something that rejection emails do to you. They can either make you stop writing altogether or make you change your style. Because you 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 get to read the winning story and you're like okay maybe if i write like this next time and all but then i i realized that the whole circle was not making me stay true to why because in the process of reading a lot of books and making the decision to write i didn't just want to be a writer simply because you know i remember my literature classes learning that writing was one of the ways of fighting societal evils by exposing issues in very creative ways that can get people to act and i'm still very much driven by that so i guess that is why i am in fact i know that that is why i write a lot of satires by the way that is what informed the name of the organization i started Um, satire yeah because in school pronouncing satire was very difficult so satire is just a fun way of pronouncing satire so if you ask me why i write i write because i want to to show people the hidden issues in the seemingly clear issues that we think we know so there are many things happening around us, and we think we know it. So, so we talk of poverty, and we just think, oh yeah, 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 poverty. We know what it is. People don't, people lack stuff, and all. Well, for me, I want to know what it is in its very essence. I want to show you what it is like, you know. So, if you're talking about poverty, what does it really mean to be in it? What are the consequences? What causes it? You know, those kind of things. Those are the things I I saw myself doing and that I'm doing today. And even now, as I speak to writers, even during workshops that I am privileged to speak at and meetups, I always say that one of the very first things you must establish before you set out, especially in the journey of writing and even reading, is to know your why you know your why you know why you are doing what you're doing because you're going to be push is going to come to shove i'm not going to stay here and tell you it's all rosy. it will never be i think that's where the fun is but what i will tell you is that for every challenge the beauty that we have as writers is that We are able to manoeuvre and find our own answers. Back to competitions and awards and public um, acclaim or popularity. Struggle with it because, you know, you know when you go for meetups like, say, Abuja Literary Society or other societies you know you hear more of the people who have made it who is winning what and what book is the real moment you don't you don't get to hear of some writers who are just starting out you know and uh looking for the way i believe that there are many brilliant writers yet to be um, um found out And perhaps we may never find them out because they never got out of that circle of nobody knows me, nobody wants to read what I'm writing, I don't think what I'm writing is good enough so I'm going to just let this thing roast in my laptops, in my laptop I mean, so I grappled with it for, for a long time and I recently had to be sincere to say you know what, this is my why. I'm writing to expose stuff, you know, to put myself in the shoes of people out there and to tell their stories creatively. I really do not need to win or have an award to continue, especially when you read how some you of know, these people came about. Nobody had it easy, you know. So. Even for Satire Africa, starting hmm, starting wasn't easy because when people ask me, what Satire Africa and I and I will tell them, oh, it's an organization that helps readers and writers succeed by exposing them to invaluable resources, they are like, hmm? so somebody can actually start up something like that, who even needs such services? And I'm like, yeah, there are people. Who, who needed, I needed it, and didn't get it to the extent that I want. To, I wanted. To. Now I'm going to offer it. And you know, the, another issue that is is the fact that the reading culture is dying, and it's looking very impossible to attack the situation. So in 2017, June 21st, to be precise. The day i published my first book i made the announcement that satai africa was also being birthed and i i was very explicit in what our mission was or what our mission is and um, we started so we, we started with adults you know we had workshops fighters in fusion we do review and win all on our insta page So we choose a book and, and invite people to um, our followers to review it and the best review gets a monetary prize um, we've had right a ton. We've had we've had series of meetups both online and in real life <laughs> yeah so it's been I don't want to say it's been a difficult journey, because I've enjoyed it actually. Maybe because from the get-go I told myself that I would take my time. I told myself satire is a, it's an institution that is going to outlive me and probably people who started it with me, so they, it didn't, I was not, I didn't feel pressured in any way to want to, you know, do things quick, you know, and all. I was, I have been very very focused on laying very good foundation and being very focused on what our objectives and mission missions are so so um, for a very long time we also grappled with you know followership because satire is largely virtual most of our activity, um, even we operate virtually as a team we only meet when there's really need to but, and i'm very happy that we are doing that we we did that because that's how we've been able to um be brave and courageous through this whole not near normal that everyone's talking about due to covid but so we haven't really sl- it didn't slow us down in any way because we're already used to working virtually so there was no slowing down for us, no, there has been no slowing down, just that we've not been able to do field work. So in the cause of working with adults, we found that um, children need our services as much as adults do, most especially children who are not able to afford such opportunities. And so we said, okay, why? Why don't we take this to local communities and and um, why don't we take our knowledge to local communities and talk to children? Now, our idea was if we do that, we would find children who also have stories they want to tell and would be willing to write it. And that was how we started SASH, Stories After School which has been very, very exciting, successful and um, I know people think success is um, making a lot of money from a venture or or, you know or people a lot of people knowing what they're doing but it has just been beautiful for us to see that we've touched lives of children we've been able to publish some of them have become published authors because they were courageous enough to believe in when us when we, tell, when we told them, Oh, you could write your stories and other people will read it. And they took the plunge. And today we have two publications authored by children. And these books are in circulation. And we are still moving. So, presently we work in a local community called Kapwa in Lube, Abuja. It's been exciting, challenging, interesting, very beautiful moments. Never for once I have I regretted the journey, you know, to go on sash with my team. It's been beautiful. And for me, it's been all about collecting memories, you know, and just seeing growth one level to the next and seeing how we are able to brave through issues and come up with solutions. So, it's evolved beyond writing to helping children um, have hope, have a renewed sense of purpose because they now see that, hey, whatever I want to do, I can. If given the right sources in fact even if i do not have the opportunities i can create one for myself and those are some of the lessons we teach them and infusing the child protection um, values too and we've also had academies for children writing a master and um, writing master classes for children and even now we offer private mentorship for children as well and it's all still happening within our circle which is expanding every day so in trying to get away from the whole bug of why should i continue when people do not know what i'm doing one thing i'll say is that if you are in that bug if you are in that maze you may need to ask your why ask yourself what your why is why did you start out in the first place and you should be willing to review your answers as time goes on because nothing is ever static you know so you should be open to make changes and be true to yourself be true to your vision you know you know where you want to get to you know what you want to do you know how it's going to be like and then you also see what is available and what you can create so if you ask me i would say that um defining what success is to you would help and being sincere knowing that even when you think you're not making impact a lot of impact is being made and that some people will not shift from one level to the next if you don't step out to execute your vision and that you are starting or that you have started is a great step in the right direction you know it's all a journey it's all a journey i know that um the i know popularity is good and it's very it's um it's a thing of joy to have everybody know what they're doing and trying to contribute see how they can help you there's nothing there's nothing more beautiful than receiving accomplishments from people that your products or your services uh, help them or uh, apt or come at a good time and feedbacks like that but there are going to be times where these things will come especially at the beginning and you have nothing else to do but to continue you are definitely going to get to that point where you have to take a very firm decision to continue regardless of whether you get um, the kind of acknowledgement or support that you would want or have been dreaming of don't get me wrong i'm not saying that you shouldn't step back from what you're doing to see if you're doing it well or see if you are in the right direction before plunging into work mode but all i'm saying is that After you are convinced that you are doing the right things and that you are on the right track and you know your why, your vision, your objectives are very very clear to you, then just stay on course. Yeah, understand that in this age where everybody seems to be thriving on accolades from people, not necessarily in the impact that they are making it might be very difficult not to lose focus on what's important and yeah this is not to downplay the fact that it is it is beautiful really beautiful to have people tweet and post you know and go on and on about what you're doing but what will you do if those things come don't do not come so if people do not do those things for you are you saying you are going to stop the beautiful work you are doing the thing is there's always that um, time where a person may, be, may appear to not be famous or not to be making impact. But if you look inwards and you take time to study what you are doing, think about your clients. For me, I think about the children that we are putting smiles on their faces. I think about the writers who have found their voices. I think about the issues we've been able to crack the things that seem so difficult, that seem so difficult, but we're able to break down as an organization for writers, for readers, for children, and it just warms my heart. Yes, there are days where you, I get upset, especially when I don't get the kind of support I need from family, friends. Yes, I said family because um, writing and reading is a very I've come to realize that not many people are interested in it not many people have patience and may have given up it, uh, in reading and writing all together so you might just have a minute few who are really interested in what you are doing and that can be very discouraging really but just remember why you were you're in the race in the first place and just keep going and then think about where you started from so when i think about the fact that we started with daily i still remember when we had our first follower and i remember how we didn't we would post we would send we'd send out posts and will not get feedback or likes or anything for months but we kept posting you know at least now we have over a thousand, a thousand one hundred followers which if you ask me for someone who is trying to, for an organization who is trying to build a community of followers and readers in a, from a, a country like Nigeria where the reading culture is, is, is nothing to write home about then I believe that we are doing well and to be able to encourage and inspire children to the extent that they are able to write and express their thoughts confidently, for them to see that there is more and that there is more to life and that they could actually do whatever they said they has to do, makes me really proud. So, because of the fact that, I'm at the forefront of things, so I can hardly catch my breath to so say, okay, let me rest. And just bask in the achievements because as you do one thing, there's always the next and there's always the next. Someone was asking me, so when do you find time to rest? And I'm like, well, yes, I rest. But the truth is, when everything comes back to you, you can't really pause because now you have the whole team trying to, yeah, and, 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 and looking up to you and seeing that things work. So for me I just try to give myself no choices about feeling bad or like I, I, I feel like I have no choice but to just continue, I continue every day still reviewing, um, looking at what, what could be better, what could be done, what didn't we do, like the only thing I know we do very well is reviewing, reviewing our activities and how we could do better. It has really helped us in our way of delivery so yeah I would say that um, getting accolades and getting approvals and acknowledgements from people is great but if you, it depends on what you are building, if you really want to build institutions or solutions that will outlive you, there's a probability that you might not get the kind of um, wide or robust um, engagement don't get the kind of uh, support that you want at the beginning because you yourself are trying to even understand your mission and your goals i say that boldly because whatever it is that you are building whatever it is that you are starting off whether it's for profit or for or not for profit the truth is that at some point you you always want to check yourself to be sure that okay this is why i'm doing this this is why i'm continuing and this is why i would change this you know so looking back at where you're coming from looking at where you're going to being thankful for what is and what could be Would help you in very, very deep ways to keep going. And I also like you to know that some of the things you see out there are not what they seem. I wouldn't expound on that, but not everything we see is real. So be happy with what you are putting out there. Be happy for that one person that you have touched and just keep going. Just keep going. You never know the people you might be inspiring, you know, by just waking up every morning and deciding to continue. It's a decision, it's like it's a daily decision that you have to take. You know, just keep taking it, just keep going. Some days you won't feel like doing anything, which is fine. But don't let it linger. Try to get up as soon as possible and keep running and as much as possible try to collaborate with people try to have teams and designate roles so that even on the days that you feel like you shouldn't do anything let the the questions or the the problems from your team or people around you push you to want to continue You know, Is like a way of being accountable, so so that's it for Satire Africa. We are just going to keep going, we are just starting out. Besides, in Nigeria, like I always tell people, in Satire Africa. We we really want to go, we really want to be able to bring out stories and create stories in Africa. We believe that there's so much unsaid, there's so much that is to be told and shared from this continent and we will be only too happy to be the the conduits the means or medium by which we could get to find this out and take action thank you very much for listening
0: wow (laughs) that was a very enlightening session listening to Adesua made me it made me introspect my intentions in anything i decide to do guys i hope you agree with me that this session was mind-blowing and to quickly you know end this in a big bang i would like to share four things that i picked out from listening to her number one is knowing my why and how important it is, and how it acts like a North Star in guiding me back on track when I'm faced with maybe confusion or comparison or swayed by other people's expectations, which is something I find that is common with me, especially in the things I pursue. You know, I often face, like, sometimes I'm wondering, why did I start this again? Or I'm comparing, ah, this person is here now, and me, I've not even gotten to any I've not seen, what am I doing? You know, and sometimes it's even our own expectations that can sabotage the effort. But listening to her really made me to know the importance of why I should know my why and why I should constantly revisit my why to kind of refresh my memory so that I don't get distracted. The second thing I really admired about her story, her satire story, was how her need drove her to establish satire. And I could resonate with this because starting the Girl on Plot podcast. For me, it was providing answers to the questions I was seeking, and I couldn't find questions around living true and being unapologetic. Like authenticity is a cast commodity. Like I'm talking in the, the African context and narrowing it down to Nigeria, these issues are not easily discussed or explored by us. So. I could resonate with her establishing satire out of her need to to explore her curiosity within the writing sphere. It's really something admirable, actually. The third one is being my own validation and creating my own magic. Guys. Did you hear when she said that she combined all her writing submissions to a book and published it herself on the satire? Whew. If that's not a powerful lesson on being all the validation you need, I don't know what it is. Because if there's anything I've noticed, especially in trying to, you know, put ourselves out there and show our worth and value. We always want people to validate us, to tell us that, yay, wow, you are spectacular, you are awesome, all oh, your story is so inspiring and all that. And I get it, guys. That feeling can make a very, very big difference, especially in the way we approach our work. But listening to her, making her own magic from all the submissions that was turned down like all the no's and all the doors that have been closed on her man i am pumped and i find it really inspiring thank you at for creating your magic and inspiring me and us i believe to create our own magic and be our own validation and lastly She entered on the importance of knowing what success means to you as an individual. And her perspective of success is refreshing. Because in a world where we view success by how much money we have, or the fame, you know, and hearing her come from a place of impact, like success being more about impact, is something... I feel is commendable and something to aspire to because there's a whole lot of noise around us now on social media when we look around and we see successful people exactly and that's the point because when we say we see successful people what is the standard by which we are judging or or by which we are stating that someone is successful you know so at the end of the day I see that it boils down to what we have decided would be success for us. Would it be about the money, the attention, the popularity, the fame, or about the impact and the lives we've been able to touch? Wow, this is... A <laughs> I'm, I'm going to replay this session over and over again to continue to renew my mind because this is a constant battle that we all face in this social media era. So guys there we have it we've come to the end of this episode and i would love to hear from you about what you think of this episode your takeaways your opinion just send me a dm on my instagram handle at the girl who left home i would put the links on the show notes for satire and adesua's page in case you want to connect with her don't forget to share and subscribe to listen to more amazing stuff and until the next episode be you bye